One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Ed Robertson with a program note. The following segment originally aired in September 2011. Hi, this is Penny Pizer, and you're listening to TV Confidential. To consolidate your credit card or other debts, just log on. Number two. Yeah. This, Justin, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. The CNN Center right now is just beginning to work on this story, obviously calling our sources and trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something relatively devastating happening this morning there on the south end of the island of Manhattan. That is, once again, a picture of one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Ed Robertson with a clip of CNN breaking into a commercial at uh, 8.49 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the morning of September 11th, 2001, to report the first of what would be two airplanes crashing into the World Trade Center. This weekend being the anniversary of 9-11, we will take a look at how television news covered the events of 9-11, as well as 9-11's impact on primetime television, late-night television, and our culture in general, along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen, as they bring us this week in TV history. Tony's segment is brought to us by Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling venue, storysalon.com, also facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. Tony? And, and with us, with our age group, we almost are looking at it as the world we knew before that day and the world we knew after that day. Mm, Cer certainly, certainly a number of things that we used to take for granted um, just in terms of, you know, airport travel um, and certain... Security, security in general. And security in general, yeah. That I know for some listeners, pre-9-11, I mean, they, they can't imagine certain things, but such as security walks or you know, being stopped or things like or that. Or just simple things that we do now yeah. that we would never think of before. If we went to Dodger Stadium and there was a backpack in the corner, uh, that probably wouldn't have even been on our radar. And now it was like one of us would immediately go find somebody in authority there that's been there exactly. for five minutes, uh, do something. But, I mean, if we just you know want to keep the conversation within the realm of television because if we looked at it on the bigger picture uh, but it's, it's interesting just some cultural you know just some cultural things and we were talking before about the 70s and you know certain mores i mean i know in in the 70s when high when there were a lot of hijackings because of international relations with mm -hmm. you with you um uh and they were always worked into uh films and it's just um but, but you know, I think the average mindset, what was the worst case scenario on the plane? Right. 
you get a trip to Cuba. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's what the average Joe you thought. Nev- it, but it, you, you never imagine it going to the next level. Yeah, or, you would. Or, or, or for most extreme. of the time, I think people think, well, we're just going to sit back, relax. Uh, we're going to go where they want the plane to go. Yeah. We're going to be horribly inconvenienced, and then we're going to refuel and then get to our final destination. No, right. I remember watching those stories when returning flights from Cuba, yeah. and it had been an adventure. People were laughing. I got cigars. Yeah, I, I lived in, you know, I went to high school in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and I actually, uh, I was dating a girl whose brother got a free trip to Cuba because he was going from uh, Miami to San Juan, and uh, I remember uh, it was his, her brother and her mom uh, got uh, came to San Juan with all this, uh, two giant shopping bags mm-hmm. full of stuff. Yeah. And, and the pictures in the San Juan Star were people... Uh, basically, uh, the uh, the people going to San Juan, uh, all the tourists shopping. They let yeah. them go shopping in Havana, and they all came back with stuff. And I mean, that was that you know that was you know, and I think that was the mindset. There, were, nobody ever thought at that time that the airplane itself would be used as a weapon. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, getting to television, I mean, just look at look at how we look at TV differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never had crawls at the bottom of the of, of the news. You look mm-hmm. at the twenty four hours. Uh, news programs. You look at so many journalists who really stepped up to the plate uh, when all of this was happening and not only met their journalistic responsibility of covering things as it come in, as it was coming in, but also knowing you have a country watching you. Mm-hmm. So the local New York reporter had a national audience and it was done in a way, in a tone where you have a country scared to death, and you are their conduit to stuff that is happening. And they are scared to death, but they are not letting you in on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you had reporters afterwards talking about, listen, I wanted to run out of the studio and go home and, and hug my kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get, you know, I couldn't wait for some, you know, you know, to turn over to somebody else so I could call home and make sure my family was okay, make sure, you know, that somebody pick up my kids at school. Yeah. So they were, but they never let that on. And they did communicate, and uh, I think we saw a lot of careers created f- from that event. Also, how how people stepped up to the plate. For me, it was Aaron Brown. Uh huh. Being West Coast, I woke you know I woke up to this. I was married at the time, so we both woke up to this, and didn't quite. In fact, I I in fact, I woke up to this. Um, the alarm went off at what six. 30 local time and I put it on snooze a couple of times and it wasn't until like you know 35 minutes later when the radio is playing again and I'm just when you start realize what was going on and then for me my choice was CNN and um, within an hour uh, Aaron Brown is on the rooftop of CNN just mm-hmm. sort of he was he was the voice of reason for Aaron Brown um, I, within a uh, I think within one or two nights, he had Robert Schiller, the evangelical preacher, and yeah. uh, and it was a, it was it was an attempt to exp, you know to look at some of the theological questions, you know, like why 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 does this happen, you know? And, and, uh, and I would say to Robert Schiller, I mean, not to horribly digress, but Robert Schiller was more about uniting yeah. the country and uniting different uh, faiths mm-hmm. in this country when. Uh, two other prominent uh, people were basically blaming lesbians and, yeah. and the ACLU on, on, on what just transpired. And 
that's what they're best at. Yeah, <laughs> and, unfortunately. And, and, and again, I mean, what that I, I remember, I, I remember that you know conversation. And again, uh, Brown, he was he was he was coming at it, you know, both as a journalist and both as you know, he was not a Christian, so he was just coming from an outside perspective, and just trying to ask the questions both for the viewer. But also, you get the sense that he was asking for himself, and that, that, that's what made his show work. And, yeah. and again, I just I, I remember, and I, rem, I I became a big Aaron Brown fan I as think, a result I think of a his coverage lot of, of, of 9/11. Yeah, uh, got an education. Yeah, and it's amazing how much we know now mm-hmm. about uh, you know the, the 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 you know the radical Islam versus you know yeah. being Muslim. And at the same time, ten years later, how much we are still ignorant as yes. as, as a whole to that. Uh, the the other reporter who uh, really stands out at, from that day, uh, Ashley Banfield. Yes, I remember. Yes. Happened to be down there and couldn't get to the studio, mm-hmm. and her husband just ran into an audio video store, bought a, a camcorder, and she just started covering things as it was happened mm-hmm. in a handheld camcorder. Uh, and uh, Keith Oberman was a stringer at the time and pretty much was doing the same thing, covering some, because that's where he was based, mm-hmm. right in that area. Yeah. There was some incredible guerrilla reporting going yeah. on that and, during uh, that period, the, several, the over several days. Of, of home video, I mean, when, when the tourist with their brand-new state-of-the-art home video camera yeah. Was providing footage to the networks, to, to the, the networks, networks and the cables network, you know, and and footage, you know, especially of the every imaginable angle of those planes yeah. in the building mm-hmm. and uh, angles from different parts of the city uh, of of the buildings coming down. Yeah, it was. It's 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 interesting. I'm just thinking off the top he, of my head. Logistically, uh, except for the helicopters, the news helicopters, you know, the news vans mm-hmm. couldn't get there. It's a uh, it's an interesting. Um, maybe amalgam is not the quite right word, but of both um, traditional media or traditional forms of presenting a story uh, through live television, um, also using new media, new technology, uh, and being able to upload a video from hand, you know camcorders and and things like that, and feeding it into the live broadcast feed, but also. Uh, and I know this is con- this this is you know the, the whole concept of citizen journalism with new media is is very uh, still controversial among old among the old guard. But uh, how bring all the bringing those forms of of information or gathering information together, you know, to report on this tragedy that still affects people ten years later. And 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 we're watching it as it happened. I remember I we had turned on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that particular time, and you know, already things were, you know, we were on the West Coast mm-hmm. again, and so it was, I would say, about 10 minutes before 7. Yeah. And so the first tower was down, but there were other reports coming in that they were reporting on there, you know, like car bombs going off in, mm-hmm. in Manhattan, and things are just, you know, getting really, really bad. But I remember seeing Katie Couric and Matt Lauer and Al Roker, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, I think, uh, yeah. And Curry was part there, and then eventually Tom Brokaw joined them. So, like I said, you know, they they were communicating, especially I think you know when you see Al, who's supposed to be the funny guy right. and the weather guy, and he is you know very calmly communicating things. I think while Katie and Matt were 
taking a gasp right. or you know just at a loss of words so there was never any dead air exactly and jumping in and uh, and it underscores yeah. the fact that you know they may be specializing in one form of information or another but they're all you know most of them are, are coming from professional broadcast they're, training they're coming from professional broadcasting but it's also their home yeah you know, yeah I mean yeah. Yeah. it is their home and 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 uh, you know, when we talked, uh, you know, one time before about Regis, and you know, he he represents New York. Mm-hmm. Dave represents New York, and I want to get to late night yeah. later. But you know, it's like you know, this is happening, and it's happening in their backyard, and it's happening in their home. And I mean, so I mean, they're yeah, you whatever have, we were feeling on the West Coast, they're feeling it yeah, you, much more. You've got to, and you've got to be, um, and they were in buildings that were. Threats, yeah, and potential targets, yeah. They're th- every one of those people broadcasting, uh, and, and especially in Thirty Rock, which actually became more legitimate mm-hmm. a- a- as time went on with the anthrax scare. But it's like we are broadcasting, and uh, you know, especially I, I would say those in Thirty Rock and Plaza, it's like this place is a threat, and you know they're broadcasting in a storefront window. <laughs> yeah, and you you've got to you you you've got to be dispassionate because that's yeah. your job, but it's very it's, difficult yeah, it's when like, this is okay, right if they're close to take home. This, you know, what are they going to hit next? Yeah. And probably communications facilities. Mm-hmm. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we remember how network TV news and cable TV news covered the events of Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. This particular segment originally aired in September 2011. Donna? I remember that morning on the West Coast. I was so thankful to all of those people for setting the confusion straight. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Had a lot of questions. I just remember being very confused and having these people calmly tell me the basics. This is what has happened. This is what is happening now. And how many days did we stay glued to the television? Uh, For me, it was about a week. Yeah. Yeah. I think most of us. I I mean I we I did not go to work that day. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was told don't come in. Yeah. And I think you know with the abundance of video that was coming in from the citizen reporters, you there was always something new to be seen. Exactly. And you know just from different angles and and uh, I think also just being out here being plugged in the way we are, mm-hmm. you know part of the time you're going. This looks like a disaster movie. This yeah. can't really be happening. And part of it is I'm just so impressed with the person holding the camera that they were able to capture mm-hmm. this particular moment. Presence of mind. Right. Presence of mm-hmm. mind where you're kind of detached from that. And then also, you know, especially on that day, you know, being an Angelino, what's going to happen here? Uh, my brother just moved to Chicago, and, and uh, he was away from downtown mm-hmm. where he works. But... Uh, you know, just like everyone who was in, uh, in, in, in stone's throw of the Sears Tower, they mm-hmm. were like, we got to get, but, you know, he, he was telling me about the, the, uh, the morning uh, DJs, uh, you know, the, that would normally be like the morning maniacs. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden their job is to report information. To report. And uh, he was saying, you know, some of them were freaking out and some of them were just maintaining that. Howard Stern dropped his shtick. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he used uh, some profanity to emphasize his point, but it's like they were in the middle of their usual shtick, and then this just broke, and then I believe he said something like, this is effing serious, everyone, you know, forget what I'm doing, turn on your TV. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, brought it in uh, that particular, you know, angle. Everybody, it, it's like there was sort of an unsaid 
it was it was unsaid that you know there's a time for certain things and it, like not not only not only were you know late night comedians sort of stopped um, they they stopped yeah. but were encouraged to go on but they didn't know what to joke to about do. or and, and, and the same with the same with the gossip media i mean they sort of they stopped they they sort of stopped for like 2 weeks they 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 stopped i think a lot of people uh, immediately were going you know especially looking at the firemen and mm-hmm. the police that 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 died and that you know you had firefight we had firefighters from here mm-hmm. That you know got in their trucks and went three thousand miles. Yeah, uh, and you had same with San Francisco. Same yeah. with San Francisco, uh, and 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 I think people were reevaluating their lives. Is what I'm doing very important? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people within entertainment would say, you know, what I'm doing is not really important. And uh, you know, imagine all these egos saying, I don't need to be on TV right now. Right. <laughs> we'll continue our conversation with Tony and Donna after this quick timeout. You are listening to TV Confidential. I am just about uh, between five and ten blocks north of the actual site of where those two towers have come down. We're obviously having a bit of trouble right now maintaining our location because we just heard one more explosion. That's about the fourth one we've heard. The police are telling us they're either car bombs or they are uh, simply cars that have overheated so much that they're exploding. But every time one of those happens, there's a flurry of activity and there are more emergency vehicles that come down this road. I don't know if you can shoot past me and shoot down into that cloud in there. That is the cloud that we were in just uh, about 45 minutes ago or so. At the time we were there, when the, when the first trade tower came down, my producer and I were uh, overcome by the cloud of debris and smoke that came at us so rapidly. We had to break down a window to, a, to an apartment building. We had to break the window and, and, and go into the second door inside just to breathe. We were followed by a police officer and a security guard from the World Trade Center area. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition, the complete history of the Rockford Files, on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com.
Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093-800-715-6093-800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.